0: Hello, everyone. Feel free to take a seat if you'd like. I want to take you guys to uh, Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 through 15. Colossians 2, 13 through 15. This is by uh, the Apostle Paul. He's writing a letter uh, to a church. and uh, And he's reminding them of what Jesus did for them in these verses, um, he's writing this letter to encourage them, to help fight against uh, false doctrines, and ultimately to remember, to help them remember that Jesus is better. Um, so, Colossians chapter two, verses thirteen through fifteen, the apostle Paul says, "When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ." He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. As we uh, wrap up this this Bible study series that we titled Titans of Destruction, um, first and foremost, I want us to remember that the titans in our lives um, not only have been defeated, but they no longer have any power over us. Um, here, the Apostle Paul, he, he uses the crucifixion as an example of, of the forgiveness that we have in, in Jesus Christ. And if you guys are familiar with crucifixion, uh, back in the day, what, what would happen was that uh, criminals were, were taken outside of the city. Uh, they were stripped naked and they were beaten severely, uh, almost to the point of death. They were made to carry uh, their own cross or at least the crossbar of the cross. Um, and uh, and they, they, were, they were led outside of the city uh, to, to be hung in, in shame for, for all of the, the people passing by uh, to be able to see. And uh, above their heads, there, there would be a sign that would state the person's name and the crime for which they were being uh, crucified. And um, this practice was so severe and so brutal that I, I, I'm not sure uh, there are very many things throughout human history that, that parallel just how, how severe the, the torture and the torment of, of crucifixion is. Um, and so what's interesting is that the sign above Jesus' head wrote, this is Jesus, the king of the Jews, There wasn't even a crime stated for him, and yet he died on a cross like a criminal for our sins. Even though there was no crime written above his head, I think it would be safe to say that we could each write write in our own name and the crimes we've committed against God. If, If we take this list of titans that we've covered, fear, doubt, discouragement, idolatry, lust, rage, solitude, and maybe even more, uh, there, there are tons of titans out there that, that hinder our relationship with God, that destroy our relationships with people, and, and they just wreck our lives. And, and if, if we were to write down all, all of the titans above our head as if we ourselves were crucified, that's exactly what Jesus did on the cross. He, he went to, to pay the penalty of, of people who didn't deserve it. He went even though he himself had no sin. And what's crazy is that in this last verse, Paul says, And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. He took away the power that all of these, these sins have in our lives. He disarmed them. When you disarm somebody, you, you take away their weapon. And the thing is that there's, there's an accuser, there's an enemy, Satan, who, 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 who stands there and he accuses us before God day and night. And he tells God, God, did you see the, that lie she told again? Were you aware that this guy's watching porn again? Were, were, were you aware of the eating disorders, of, of, of the, the, the vanity, the, the self-image, the pride? Were you aware of all of this, God? Were, were you aware of, of what, what your quote-unquote children are doing? But for God, the Father, he thinks of this moment. For everyone who has trusted in, in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of their sins, he thinks of this moment, and he says it's already been paid for. And like the Psalms say, just as, the fall, just as far as the east is from the west, so has God removed our sins from us. Not only that, but the last part of this verse, verse 15, he says, he made a public spectacle of them. So not only did God disarm all of these things that, that, that weigh us down in our lives, But he made a public spectacle of them, showing that he is the one true God, that that he has defeated the power of sin and death in this world. He triumphed over them by the cross. Just when the enemy thought, yeah, that's right, I killed the son of the living God. God was like, no way. That was only the beginning. He paid the price for our sins on the cross. He was buried. And on the third day, he rose again. And it might sound like madness, like like, like nonsense to, to some people in today's age. But it sounded like that to other people then, and it sounds like that to other people now. God made a public spectacle of our sins through the cross. So that everyone who comes to believe in what Jesus Christ did for them has the forgiveness of sins. Every single sin that we have committed against God, no matter how good we think we are, God judges our thoughts, our intentions, our words, and our actions. None of us are free from sinning against God. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But The gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. He made a public spectacle. He crucified our sins to the cross when he didn't have any. You guys got a small glimpse into the lives of two people. And I'm sure there's much more to those stories. Jesus paid for those sins. Jesus paid for your sins, for my sins, and for the sins of the world. And if we would come to trust in him that this is what he did for us, he gives us a clean slate, a new beginning. He makes us a new creation. He offers us grace, which literally means a favor you don't deserve. That's kind of the point. And if you haven't uh, truly given your life to Christ... Um, I, I want to make an invitation. I, I'm not, I'm not going to make an altar call. I'm not going to ask you to come and stand up here or or whatever. But, but right where you are, you know where you stand with God. You know whether or not you have a relationship with God. And I want to invite you to trust in what Jesus did for you. It's that simple. All you got to do is tell God, God, I acknowledge that I have sinned against you. And that Jesus paid the price for my sins on the cross. And he rose from the grave. Would you forgive me, God? Would you forgive me because I have sinned against you? Would you come into my life? Let me pray for us. Father, uh, we acknowledge just how good you are, just how how full of grace and and mercy you are, sending your son even though we didn't deserve it, Lord. How, Father, you, you disarmed the powers and the authorities and made a public spectacle of them, Father. You triumphed over them on the cross, God all of the sins that we've committed, all of the sins that I've committed, God, the lust, the rage, the fear, God, and everything in between, God, the idolatry, you paid for it on the cross in full, God. There's nothing I can do to earn it. There's nothing I can do to deserve it, Father, but you've given it to us anyway. I pray, Father, that you would use us to tell other people about the good news of Jesus Christ in our lives, God, that you are still in the saving business, God, that you haven't turned your ear away from us, Lord. Would you use us, Father? Would you use our stories? Would you use our lives, God? Would you transform us, Lord? In the name of Jesus, amen.